Welcome to the Post Ride Cafe with your hosts, Sam and Aaron. The podcast all about cycling. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. And this is episode 34. I almost forgot how the intro went. You know, you, you do it enough times and somehow you completely forget how to start. I was like, dude, oh yeah, I gotta say my name. Anyway, we got a lot to cover today. Uh, we're going to cover the uh, European Championships, the men's road race. We have Tour de France Stage 1 and 2 recap, and then we're also going to be previewing Stages 3 through 9. Um, so it's a big before, day. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty big day. So before we get into that, uh, what's the socials, man? Yeah, they can get to us uh, on Instagram at Post Ride Cafe and also on Twitter at Post Ride Cafe. Awesome. Well, let's get into our Strava Stats of the Week. Stats, dude. I have stats. Dude, you have stats. I know. It's pretty nice. Uh, not a lot of stats, but I got 40 miles and 2,600 feet, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got 150 miles, and I had to put it down exactly because it's 5,555 feet. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. The quad five. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm still kind of, you know, last week I didn't ride at all, and I just had that bike fit, and so I didn't really do anything crazy. I was just trying to just work on some of the stuff he talked about with the new bike fit of keeping my ankles down and getting used to the new fit you know you're going to be slightly different in your muscles so I didn't want to push it too hard I know last week you had talked about kind of maybe push it a little hard and kind of hurt your uh, foot a little bit you know a little strain on your ligament it sounded like so yep I kind of did the same thing uh, I started out so we went to SOMO today South Mountain the Silent Sunday and I had this idea of kind of taking it easy but I was like I want to see kind of how I do on the mountain and a little bit up and I was like my ankle's starting to hurt like I why am I pushing it so hard like I just need to chill out and like just get yeah. used to the the new fit so I kind of backed off and just did a couple repeats of San Juan yeah not but, bad yeah it was pretty nice we had a little rainstorm this weekend and we were thinking there might be rain today but not really it's just humid as hell yeah I mean you know I know other people have humidity far higher but it was like 70 percent at yeah. 90 degrees which no one's used to here. It's the air is thick. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty, uh, pretty interesting today. Just sweating everywhere. But no, overall, I thought my bike uh, ride was fine. I mean, I mostly wanted to talk about the fit. You know, I, I was telling you earlier this week that I actually felt more comfortable riding at higher cadence. So having mm -hmm. the cleats moved up a little bit, I didn't have so much dead zone. So I think those dead zones were really making it awkward to pedal it. 100 110 you know when you're kind of spinning out without really wanting to switch gears for a little small roll or something and yeah so, it creates that bounce in that you don't want in your yeah. in your pedal stroke and you over the seat which leads to saddle sores because you're moving around so much like a nice fluid is obviously what everybody wants yep and obviously it's getting a little more that way for you so yeah no i felt a lot more comfortable on the bike today like you know i'm in new position slightly i'm i'm, I'm in a lot better positioning on the bike as far as back position and arm positions and legs and like pretty much everything and so it actually feels like it, when i used to ride on my old bike you know before I, I switched bikes and didn't do a bike fit you know and like uh so it's nice to be back to feeling comfortable on the bike without any i don't have any worries of saddle sores or anything so uh, maybe it was a little aggressive to do South Mountain and 2,500 feet of climbing, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you just, you just do it, as, as someone says. That's right. Uh, I, I'm sure, you know, I'll, I'll regret that in a couple of days when I have a foot problem. <laughs> yeah. What was uh, your ride of the week, man? Uh, yeah, my ride, which just goes into that 
I don't ever turn it off when I should, but was uh, I rode with West Valley yesterday and I left the house. I washed my car the, the, on Friday, washed my bike, everything looking crisp. I get out there, nice. raining. I'm just, of course. I was like, what is, there's been no rain here and the streets aren't flooded, but there's standing water everywhere. And so you, you just kind of have to do it at that point. But it yeah. was, it was fun. Like it was, you know, as we'll see a little later, there was, there was kind of a pre Tony Martin moment where he's like, Hey, like everyone was like, all right, let's, let's take this a little easy. People out here are not used to riding in the rain. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was a fun ride. It did actually rain on us twice. And towards the end, everybody was in the zone and it was in a safe area but we were going like between 30 and 35 like just rain pelting down in the face so i was like this is i was like i feel like i'm really riding a bike it was it was fun but yeah, yeah. so we went out did some poles did you know a little bit of work and yeah it was good you know i don't know what i'm training for still but i feel like i'm my training is going well <laughs> but training to train man that's the best way i mean honestly it's just to get fit and it's enjoyable that's really all it comes down to for me like yeah. If I race or don't race or, which I don't know, I've maybe, it, maybe it's not the same for everybody. Maybe it should be the same, but I was like, you're just getting better. Like that's yeah. all it comes down to for me. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool. Well, let's move on to some cycling news. we got a big Tour de France uh, race going on, so we have a lot of stuff to cover. So let's get into some quick pro cycling news. First things first, European road racing championship for the men's. Pretty interesting race. Yeah, I think, you know, a few went off in the beginning, but it was pretty, pretty bossed the whole race by uh, Italy and France, and especially Italy, just doing a ton of work up front, and they must, just had a super strong team. I mean, Belgium had some guys there, but it, it just wasn't the same. Yeah, it's not hard enough. Belgium usually likes, like, the world championship types, where they're more tough stages with some climbs and some other things. These, yeah. These European championships seem to be geared more towards sprinters, it seems. So not surprising to see France and Italy, you know, they have some good sprinters. So, Yeah, so it was pretty cool. You know, it all comes together in the end, and, it, and the, the finish is kind of like it drops down a bit, and I feel like where they can pick up some speed and then finishes on kind of a slight uphill and... Man, like Nizzolo off the front, Demar, they're like right there. So and, De close, and yeah. Demar looks like I mean he's been in awesome form and Nizzolo just barely pips him on the line, but yeah, able to hold it. Yeah, it was really close finish. Yeah, the the big kind of thing we were talking is uh Vanderpool probably looked the fastest at that point. He's just had bad positioning. There, there initially kind of was a hole between the two of them, but he went to the opposite side near the barriers and then had to try to come back. And then yeah. when he got up to them, he just had to hit his brakes because, I mean, they closed it off, which is completely fine. I mean, that's, that's on him. Um, for yeah. not taking that initially, and they don't have to leave him a gap. So Yeah, if he had taken the correct hole the first time and gone right instead of left, he might have been in that hole, and they would have sensed him and not closed him off. But, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, part of that's just inexperience. He's not used to he's not used to having to be so close to other people at a finale of a race. You know, he's yeah. used to just soloing himself in. So he'll learn that over time. And just between him and Wout, just seeing them, how versatile they are in their skill sets, it's pretty impressive. But... 
Yeah, I think a big thing, you know, it, it obviously bodes well for Nizzolo, you know, being in, coming up in the Tour de France, that he's had some awesome form. He had yeah. some great form at the beginning of the season. It's cool that he's carried that over. Yeah. Um, bummer for DeMar, one, losing, but two, he's not at the Tour, and he's just been on super form, and we had yeah. talked about it, I think, last week, and... Yeah, it just kind of stinks for him <laughs> to not be there. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's it's a year he's done really well. There, there's not a lot of sprint stages. This tour is really tough, but yeah, he's definitely on some of his best form. So, not not ideal for Demar. He's handling it really well. The other thing, you know, Ackerman got third place, but he just seems to be missing that extra step. Like he's not like that far off, but I mean, he's podium, yeah. but he's like a half a wheel or, or or whatever behind everybody. He just seems to be. Missing that little bit. Yeah, because his position was there. He was in the spot that he needed to be, and he just couldn't quite come around. I don't know if it was the uphill finish, but he's done that several times, I think, this year, where he's been close and, you know, and lost to, I forget who it was a few weeks back, but somebody you probably would think would be like, he should be able to out-sprint him, and he didn't. And so I think there's just, just a little bit, and I don't know if he's saving it you know, peaking for the Giro because that's where he's going. Or, you know, sometimes these guys lose a little bit of weight knowing that I got to climb the, through the Giro. Yeah. Um, but he's just not on, you know, top form at the moment. I mean, the reality is, like we've said on previous episodes, is the sprinter category is very stacked. Yeah. And we're seeing that in the Tour de France. You know, we're seeing that in all these other stage races. It's not just one or two guys winning everything. There's some big heavy hitters, but it's kind of been spread around. There's just a lot of sprinters. It's not a decade ago. Yeah, recently it's more even distribution. And I don't know if it's the team style is changing. I think the the lead out train is changing where like that was dominant, where you got your guys were all drilling it, some HTC kind of stuff. Oh man, those are some (laughs) impressive sprint trains. But it, I think... That had gone on for for some time, and I I think we're starting to move away from that a little bit. I don't know how that's going to quite pan out, but it, I think it's going to lead to different winners more often and a slightly different style. Like we've seen, like Pedersen do really well when you're like, he's not a pure sprinter, but he's yeah. he's doing well, and you're like, all right, well, what's what's going on? I think there's just a lot of strong guys, and so the, the sprinting category <laughs> is just it's a lot more fun than it was. Yeah, because before it was like. Well, if Cavendish is in the race, it's a shoe-in or, you know, Grippa when he was in his peak, when Cavendish wasn't there. There was, a, you know, there was Cavendish and then two or three other guys, and then that was it. And now we have, you know, even top sprinters. It's Ewan and Bennett and Ackerman. Now Nizzolo's up there. Damar's up there. There's Viviani. Five. Like, Viviani, Gaviria. Yeah. You know, now you have Cease Bowl is coming up. Hindley is, is doing some stuff. He's, he's a sprinter, right? No. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy on, uh, oh, Mezgek maybe is who I'm thinking. On uh, Mickelton Scott. Scott, yeah, uh, Gronavagen and yeah. Jakobsen, and you know, there's, there's just there's a there's lot just, of guys. There's just a lot of sprinters right yeah. now, and so it's awesome. You know, it's not like GC for Tour de France or or the you know Vuelta or the Giro or something. Like, there's only like a handful of guys that truly have an opportunity, and everyone else is kind of a dark horse. Like, sprinting is wide open right now. Yeah. So same thing with the classics. So it's just awesome times. But well, let's get into some team transfers. Yeah, some team news, dude. Yeah, you know, it's the transfer season of teams and, and riders. So a couple of Jumbo Visma moves. Jumbo Visma extended with Tony Martin until 2022, so that's cool. He seems to be really happy there. 
Um, and then Sam Uman officially joined for three. Yeah, pretty awesome. Like, bad move for Sunweb, good move for Uman. Um, and speaking of, which just came out today, Matthews is released from his contract at Sunweb. Yeah. That well, team does not, you know, I'll give Matthew shit every day, but he does win, and he's probably their best writer at this point. But no surprises of how, like, he got left off the squad, and he was pretty gracious about it. But there's yeah. no way it was, you can't be happy about that. And he was coming into good form. And Yeah. It was very strange. Obviously, with this coming out now on the second day of the Tour de France, like, there was something going on between him and the team, and they weren't seeing eye to eye on something. And so I think, just totally hypothesizing here, but they must have had a disagreement before they made their tour selection. And we we're like, all right, fine, we're not going to have him. He's not happy here. Like, we don't yeah. want to bring him. Which caused even more questions, and now it all sort of starts to make sense. Yeah, it didn't like it. I mean, it was announced obviously far before, but it had nothing to do with like his hand injury or anything like that. Like there was set, and he's basically missing everything that's big for a sprintery classics guy. Yeah, I mean, this is the year where you, someone actually has the potential to beat Sagan in the green jersey. Yeah, and he's obviously the only one to have done it during the reign of Sagan. Yeah, obviously Sagan wasn't there, but you know, still, still, that, yeah, he's not Sagan's not looking his best, so it's just really strange not to see him on the team, and this starts to make more sense. But uh, any ideas of where he might be headed? Yeah, we were talking about that. I think uh, it's tough because just how he is, and and other teams are starting to fill up and have their leaders. But I'm thinking it could be Israel startup. Uh, I know they've signed a ton of people, but still. I'm, and then wild card, I think, could be more likely, is NTT. Hmm. They have a kind of odd mix of, there's a few classic guys and a few, I think, are underperforming or whatever with the team, but like yeah. Valgren's there. And I, I think that could be a classic-y, punchy sort of team. Um, I, th I think that's an option. I'll tell you where I don't want him to go. Trek Segafredo. Don't go there, please. Yeah, I... I just don't see that, given, like, Stoyven and Pedersen. And yeah. I think both of them are pretty locked up there. Well, I know Matthews is getting to that age where he's almost, like, in that prime classic sweet spot where, like, you kind of get better at, like, late, like, early to mid-30s. It's like yeah. when you start to really get that strength and peaking in that area. Obviously, in Grand Tours, you peak in your late 20s, early 30s. But I think classic riders are a little bit past that. And so I think he's at that age, but... I don't know. I think in Quick Step, oddly enough, they've lost a few guys. Like they need to, but I don't think he'll work. They won't want to pay him. No, so. I think a an, which doesn't seem like that they have a place for him. But I think it would suit him is EF. I hmm. think like just his personality and everything. Like I think he would fit in at EF. Yeah, and then it would bolster Betty all. Like, they're kind of slightly different riders, so they could complement each other. I think in, you know, spoiler alert, but uh, with what happened earlier in the Tour de France, but a lot of Sudal could be a spot, you know, depending on how that kind of shakes out. You got to... Yeah. Could add another guy to their team, and, you know, they're not really all in for Degenkab. So, anyway, we'll see how that develops, but it'll be... It's very... I'm just very interested to see where he ends up. Yeah, and last quick thing here, uh, Bora and Hansgrove... Both extend till 2024, so just bring in a little bit more stability in some of these teams. And yeah. same with uh, AG2R Citron that they just added on, extend to 2025, so even even more. 
Yeah, no, it's very good to see these longer-term deals with some of these sponsors. Um, yeah, I don't think uh, Matthews is going to AG2R. <laughs> there are too many guys. That would be <laughs> Unless insane. they really wanted to make a quick-step alternative. That would, be, that would be interesting, depending how they sold it to them. But. I think they already are. I mean, they, they're picked up younger. Like, they have quick-step riders, so That's it's... true. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's get into uh, some, some Tour de France news uh, real quick. Before the tour started... Uh, Zdenek Stebar ended up not going to the tour. He had some knee pain from some of the racing he had done earlier in the week. I'm uh, kind of sad to see him out. He had been out of the Tour de France for a couple of years, and he was going to come back this year. Just really like Stebar. He's just a cool rider. So even though he's a workhorse in the tour, still sad to see him not there. Yeah. But all right, let's get into some uh, stage one, stage two recap, man. How how did stage one go? It went down literally. <laughs> right. <laughs> it uh yeah. Crashes and so many more crashes. Every That's, time you looked up, it was crash, crash, crash all the time. I've never seen it like that bad. I know like there's been less raining or less raining, more raining. There's been less ra racing that's happened this year. And everyone's like, is this going to finish? There's just more nerves, I think, than normal. Sure. And the teams are not as settled as they would have been if they had raced a full calendar. Sure. So I feel like that's a little bit part of it, and apparently this new thing called Summer Ice yeah. that I didn't know about. That's something we deal with here all the time. So yeah. I didn't know it had a name called Summer Ice, but basically Nice had been fairly dry for a couple weeks, and so they, they got rain that day. And so all the oils and different stuff kind of came to the surface, and so it's just super slippery. That's why I waited to start my ride and didn't do the early miles with the group because I was like, I want the summer ice to, to have to washed away, away yeah. and, you know, melted. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. then I would start the ride, so I was Makes safe. Makes sense. Yeah. Real clairvoyant of you. Uh -huh. It's foreshadowing, in a sense. <laughs> but yeah, so just a lot of big names crashed. We have Degenkob, Philippe Gilbert, Roglic, Lopez, Sanchez, Pino, Godot, Millard, Sivakov, Amador, Poles, Kamna, Iran, George Bennett. I mean, just a ton of people. And that's... Just all the people that have name recognition. There's a lot of other guys that Yeah, there's well. even more. I mean, these are just kind of like GC-related. And unfortunately, it looks like Degenkolb and Gilbert are out. Um, and I think you said Gilbert broken kneecap. Broken kneecap. So yeah. I think that's what we were kind of getting at with Matthews. he's old and yeah. it's harder. That's not an easy one to recover from. So they, you know, they weren't super counting on him. Just, just given his really age, good, but though. he was looking good, and maybe they were like, all right, we got a couple years of some wins with this guy. Yep. Well, let's see if we can remember, who did we pick for stage one? I picked, uh, what, Caleb Ewan? I picked Caleb Ewan. And I picked Sam Bennett. Oh, no, no, vice versa. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking of our other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we picked, I picked Ewan and you picked Bennett. And so what happened in this race was, just a, a small recap, obviously a lot of crashes, and on one of the descents, Tony Martin got to the front and called off, kind of like, hey guys, let's slow it down, it's really dangerous. And uh, Astana kind of, didn't care. No, well, Astana is <laughs> the new movie star. Yeah. Uh, but after a short little uh, attack by Astana, they, they neutralized the race themselves because the, the race coordinators wouldn't do it. And they kind of just took that last descent fairly gingerly and uh, kind of neutralized the race. There was no breakaway at that point. And then it kind of flattened out, got a little drier. And then the sprint chains kind of got to go ahead and do their thing. But pretty surprising uh, podium, I'd say. Yeah, I think just given that chaotic day and... Nerves, everything else. Yeah, nothing quite happened at the very end where sometimes you see those those chaotic kind of sprints where you're like, how do these people come out of anywhere? Yeah, it wasn't a chaotic sprint. It was just... It was just the day. Yeah. And Kristoff uh, out of 
nowhere. Never would have called that one. I mean, I kind of foresaw it a little bit, given, you know, other circumstances. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, Kristoff, and he looked strong, too. It wasn't like that he was just in the right position at the right time yeah. or was lucky on it. I mean, he looked strong. Like, he, he deserved it. Yeah, I know we've talked about him a lot recently, too, but second place was uh, Pedersen for Trek, and yeah, I mean, he's just looking really good on it. I mean, when he won the world championships, it was kind of like, yeah, I got Trek won a championship, but like kind of an unknown guy. And yeah. I kind of felt like, man, I don't know how this guy's going to develop. You know, usually there's the curse of the world champions rainbows and must be less noticeable for people who aren't name recognition because he's having a pretty good season. And uh, just seeing that's a really strong sprint from him. Yeah, he seems to be kind of, uh, we haven't, like you said, we haven't seen as much of him, but it's kind of in the form of Wout a little bit where he can sprint these harder kinds of sprints and because he'd won yeah. one earlier this year that was against, against Bennett yeah against mm -hmm. pure sprinters which yeah. Bennett was up there too so he's I still think looking good mm -hmm. Sagan was in fifth or so so yeah, he's not looking good, terrible you pretty know? good spot for him and we talked about that he hasn't looked his best but he brings his best to the Tour de France that's for sure so yeah and then podium rounded up by uh, Cease Bowl so obviously a good sprinter and not, not not a surprise to see him on the podium but um yeah, Ewan got like 13th. He crashed earlier in the, uh, in the race, and then Bennett got 4th, Sagan 5th. So it was a pretty interesting uh, race there, and a complete shock that Kristoff won, but, you know, pretty happy to see him do it. I mean, I, don't, I never disliked the guy. I just was never a huge fan of him. He's kind of big for a sprinter, but, yeah, well, he powered through and, and got himself a yellow jersey, so props to him. Yeah. Uh, well, stage 2 kind of... On the back of stage one, I think teams were a little more nervous. It wasn't um, sunshine, but it's just a brutal day. Like, it looked like it was really hard. They let an early break go. Sagan was in that. He got some extra points. Uh, Matteo Trenton took him on for the, the intermediate points. So we were kind of theorizing maybe Trentin is like, I'm going to have a go at this green jersey. And not a bad idea. I mean, I, I think he's capable of competing against Sagan. I don't know if he'll win it, but... Some competition there. Yeah, it was more odd to me that no, given that the sprint point was so early, yeah, none of the other guys into the race that we thought could have been green jersey competition, like Pedersen, big one, or could be you know a few even sprinters. Yeah, why not? Like no, it's so early. Yeah. Well, I think what happens is he's basically broke all the sprinters' spirits. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> at the end of the Tour de France, it's always like Sagan first with four hundred points, second <laughs> place at like two hundred. So yeah, they pretty much were like. We're not, we don't even care. It's not even fair. Like, Sagan's too good in the medium stages. Like, we're not even going to bother. And it, they did it finally. Because in the other Tour de France's, they always tried. Yeah. And I think this year, they're like, no, we're not done. Yeah. I. At least right now, it seems pretty locked for him. Just because Trenton, I think, will be up there. I think he just can't top five sprints as much sure. in pure sprints that Sagan can. So, things could change. Who knows? Yeah. Well, other than that, a pretty straightforward stage. Um, there were some couple Category 1s in the middle, and Breakaway was kind of out there, and, the, you know, whatever. So then the Peloton finally caught him on the descent going into the Coldezie. Cold I can't. Coldez? Coldez. I can't pronounce these things. I'm not French. Uh, a little cat, Could too. Could have fooled me, dude. I know. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so they caught the Peloton, so it came down to, like, GC guys. And we talked about this on the preview show. Pretty much a stage written for Alaphilippe's talents, the way it was set up. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, no disappointment there. He <laughs> was right at the front on that last climb, and he attacked and brought a couple guys with him. Adam Yates did a pretty good pull. 
with him. And then who was the other guy? Mark Hershey, Hershey on mm-hmm. Sunweb. So he's probably out of the team after this. <laughs> yeah. Too much, too much winning for them. Um, yeah, what a, what a great finale. But everyone just looked like it was a hard day. Yeah, I thought in that sprint that they were going to come back. It was getting closer and closer, and they were not at cat, cat and mouse level, but it was getting there because obviously nobody wants to lead it out. But I, I mean, obviously, super props to Al Philippe. Everybody kind of expected it at that point. But Hershey was looking she was really also close. really good. Super young guy. I think he's like 22 or so and hasn't quite settled into what he's going to be because I kind of looked up. He's kind of listed as a climber, but also classics. He was up there in San Sebastian. Yeah. So it's, yeah, good for him. Going to be gone from Sunweb for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really good stage and after that last one and there was a a crash from Danny Martinez too as well and he lost some time yeah yeah just a crazy niece is really what it it's well I mean we're, we're two days into the Tour de France and like like we stood in stage one there's a couple dozen riders in bandages some big names in bandages like it's been a really rough first two stages of the tour and so you know, it's only going to get harder from here. I know people were always were talking about this first week of the tour being brutal, and like we're just witnessing it in full time, real time now, and like it's been pretty rough. Yeah, these guys look like it's like second or third week of the tour already. Yeah, I was going to say some a few takeaways from it for me is one is at this point, given after today as well, because like Dumoulin had that crash, and I know these are one off events, but you know, Yumbo Visma is not invincible. Mm-hmm. Ineos is not the team that they were. They're still there, but they're not the team that they were. But it's it's also kind of this is going to be maybe a more and more wide open kind of tour. And yeah. another huge one for me is just a bummer for Pino. It's his guys crashed. He crashed. I don't even know if Godot. I think it was Godot who looked in serious pain. I don't even know if he finished the stage. And yeah, that's I didn't a, even check. Yeah, he was his top level uh, domestique. So it's, without him, it's it's just already like a bummer for a lot of guys. Yeah. Well, I haven't even looked. Today's stage had like I don't even know what the time cut was, but there was a big group of guys that were 18, 20 minutes back. So I'm, I have to didn't look at that actually, but it'll be interesting to see who starts stage three. So. Well, yeah, crazy first two days, but now we have the the fun task of trying to guess what's going to happen over the next six stages, seven stages, without having any pre-knowledge. We're just going to go right through them all at once. Yeah. Uh, I don't have, uh, I'm not hip enough to do that daily podcasting life, but. uh, I mean, I got the time. I'm just lazy. It's true. (laughs) So we're we're using the profiles based off of Steep Hill, uh, steephill.tv. It's a great website. Accumulates a lot of racing knowledge. There's not a lot of spoilers, things like that. So. If you don't know where to find racing coverage as far as highlights or just what stages are going to look like, that's that's where we go. Pretty cool uh, website for me personally. But let's start with uh, stage three. That's uh, Monday. That's tomorrow. Uh, we have uh, what kind of stage do we have here? Yeah, it's another uh, lumpy one. Kind of looks like a breakaway day. I would kind of think so given just the last few stages. Maybe nobody wants to really take it up and... With Alphalete being in yellow, I feel like a few of these other teams are like, you can you can have it for a little bit. But we have three Cat 3s into a Cat 4, and then uh, kind of the last 
mm, 30, 40K is just downhill with a slight rise at the end. Yeah, um, it's kind of just a classic breakaway stage. And like you said, especially with how things turned out the last two, a lot of teams lost a lot of time. So I expect to see a breakaway win with riders that aren't going to be an issue for Alaphilippe's yellow jersey. Yeah, and, you know, given what you say all that, and I looked at what I put here, and I, and I called it a sprint stage beforehand, I think mainly because of the last 40K or so being... Mostly down, downhill. Downhill, and it looks like a slight rise. that We don't have that last profile, but given that, I, I feel like it can't be more than... 3% or, or something like that. Yeah, definitely not one for like pure sprinters at that point, but I, I, I think after, like you said, it's definitely going to be a breakaway day. I think teams need a chance to lick their wounds, kind of recover, assess. Every team, I think, has had some sort of crash, especially the big teams. You know, Ineos has a couple guys that are hurt. Sivakov looked pretty brutalized. Amador yeah. is still recovering. You know, Bennett had crashed a few times for Yamba Visma. Martin took a tumble, you know. I think it makes more sense given these last two days. Yeah, and like I said, so many teams on stage two were so brutal that no one the the breakaway is going to be people who aren't hurting uh, Alaphilippe for yellow. So, having said that, who's our contenders? Yeah, so if we're going for a break, we have Degent, Formolo, uh, GVA, Alaphilippe, which probably not now, um, Benut, Kalmajane, and uh, Gautier. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if it happens to be a sprint, you know, like I said, it's kind of slightly uphill, so I'm thinking someone like a Sagan, Caleb Ewan, Sam Bennett can do a little bit of an uphill. My boy, Bosenhagen, <laughs> Christoph even, um, and Jasper Stoyven. But at the end of the day, I think we've picked both uh, sprint and break. For me, um, if it's a break, I went with Benut. Yeah, and I'm going to, I guess, change it up because I had either Alaphilippe or Sagan down, which not going to be Alaphilippe. Uh, I guess it could still be Sagan, uh, but I'm leaning more towards DeGint now. Yeah, no, that's definitely, with how, especially with how Lotto's team has gone the last few days, like they're going to want to pick me up, and I, I think he'll definitely be in the break. Yeah. So for a sprint, I picked Pedersen. Looking really good right now. And if it's a little harder, I think that suits him more, so I think that makes sense. Yeah, and then you, you have Sagan, huh? Awesome. Well, cool. Let's get into stage four. I'll leave this one off. This one is a mountain stage, an actual real mountain stage in the first week. Usually they have these like little punchier climbs that are just one or two K, you know, kind of steep. But this one is a cat one. So it's seven, a little over seven kilometers at around six and 6.7%. So an actual pretty decent climb. Um, looking at the, the final profile of this, it's not too steep. It, the first couple kilometers are four or five percent, and then the last five or six are an average of right around seven ish. So, um, I don't know, man. Like just watching this today's stage, like teams look wore out. And my initial reaction to this stage is being so early and and the way this season has gone. I think it's a chance for someone who's feeling pretty spiky to just really see where everyone else is. And I think we're gonna see a lot of guys lose time today. Yeah, I, I think that that makes sense, and it's going to be, like you said, someone who wants to make an impression on the tour and maybe catch people off guard, which I think kind of was like to 
today in a sense for Adam Yates, which was surprising to me. And given today, I see I could see him trying something like that. If mm-hmm. I don't know if they would let him go now at this point, but I would say somebody in his type of position could yeah. go for something like that, where I could see like maybe a Hagita or something like that, where maybe you're not one of the out and out right favorites yeah. going for this. It's a it's a classic Nairo day almost. Yeah. But that's given not, that. Who who are you picking for this one? I pick Primos cuz I think I think he's going to he's going to drop the D and uh it's really want to make an impression as well. Uh well, I also pick <laughs> Like it's really hard not to pick Roglic on this. I mean, he did crash on stage 1, so he's looking a little rough, but he wants to put his stamp on this race and he'll have a few days of rest. You know, unless, I mean, we say that it could, every unless every something stage goes wild, could which, be crazy. Yeah. But yeah, we're picking both him, but I wouldn't really be surprised if Naira won this stage. Yeah, which we'd all be happy with. Well, stage five Wednesday. How does this one look? Yeah, so this one is kind of just all downhill for the most part. Um, it has a slight rise at the end. It looks like around the last two point seven k, it kicks up with slight rise. The hardest it being looks like at the end about two and a half three percent. Um, so I think this is still this is probably a a classics sprinter kind of kind of day here. Yeah, I think it's going to be a bunch as well. I, I just don't I don't see this being a breakaway stage. It doesn't look too hard, and with the way the day before looked, most of the sprinters they're going to want to get something out of this. <laughs> yeah, the Tour de France doesn't get easier this year for them. No. So who do, who do we have uh, listed here? Well, contenders, if it's a break, which, you know, the previous stage is pretty hard. So if it is a break, you know, kind of the same guys, you know, DeGent, Formolo, some of these guys that are just always going to be in breaks. You'll see a lot of teams, basically any team that doesn't have a major GC guy. Mm-hmm. But I think we're both pretty locked in on... Um, I th- I'm thinking more somebody who can obviously sprint uphill, but it's thinking bunch sprint. I'm changing my pick from who I have here to was Ewan. Or I mean, Benute. I'm going Ewan. All right, because I think he can he can do well on on a uphill sprint. Yeah. Well, I picked uh, Stoyven, so kind of You're in the same boat. That? I'm sticking with Stoyven, man. All right. Stage six, uh, another mountain stage. I don't know if I call it a mountain stage, but it I mean, is. It's a cat one. It's a cat one right near the end. Uh, it's pretty pancake flat up until that point. So it's all the action is going to be at the end. I think it could be a break, but we'll see. Uh, the last climb before the uncategorized finale is a Cat 1. It's 11.7 at 7.3% average. But looking at it, there's some couple steep ramps, like 2 or 3K from the top, that are like 10, almost 12% average. So I'm thinking someone's going to attack on that last section. There's a tiny descent and then another climb to the finish. With that, um, but that said, I mean, it's, I think we're going to see a lot of guys in the break, but I think we're going to see GC satellites in the break. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And to me, this is one of those ones where all the GC guys kind of neutralize themselves, that they maybe do a little attacks, but nobody really is going to put in time on a stage like today, and they'll finish almost together with somebody kicking off at the, from a like a GC bunch sprint uphill and that's kind of why I picked Pino because I think 
he'll want something out of this. Uh, you know, I guess we don't know where he'll be at this point. That's but... the beauty of this uh, podcast. Is like <laughs> we're like trying to forecast a week out. I know. So yeah, obviously, who knows what will happen during the last couple stages. But yeah, it makes sense. But I went with a break. I'm thinking the satellite guys aren't going to be caught. Yeah. So I picked uh, I picked Omar Frail. So we'll see. That's an Astana rider. Kind of a weird pick, but that's what I think. I think it's definitely going to be a, a breakaway for sure. So we shall see. Stage breakaway seven. pick Formula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what's stage seven Fridays look like? Yeah, stage seven. I'm thinking this one looks like a pretty good option for the sprinters. There's a few Cat 3s up front uh, and a Cat 4, but you just have nearly flat the last 40K and, and the last 50K are downhill or flat. So yeah. I just can't see them staying away, even if there's a breakaway group of holding 40K by themselves where, uh, again, the sprinters are going to want something out of this. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't, I don't expect it to be a breakaway either. It's just not too much climbing and it's going to be a hard pull for them to bring back the break, but I, I don't, I don't foresee it happening. Uh, I went Caleb Ewan on this one. Yeah. And I went Bennett. I think, I think them are, you know, I, I feel like in a couple of days we're going to really know who are the top sprinters. It takes a few days and seeing like, all right, who's, who's still there after a few climbs, who looks like they're just completely dusted every day. Um, at least right now, I, I think those are still up there for the top sprinters. We'll know when once, like I said, once we can get to yeah, we're gonna more pure so sprint far stage. Off. <laughs> None of these sprinters are going to be here anymore. Right, exactly. We're just going to look like fools. Well, stage eight, that's on Saturday. That's a mountain stage. And it's one of these mountain stages. I don't know how you feel about this, but it's an HC climb followed by a category one and then descent right into the finish. And, and a pretty long descent, actually. It's not the ones that are like two or three kilometers. This is about 12 kilometers, you know, down to the finish. But what are your, I don't like these types of stages typically. What, what do you think? I like uphill finishes. Yeah. So it's, and it's kind of, yeah, weird. You, you have this HC climb and then you go down and then you're like, one, like, I don't know. I wanted to ramp up and up and be like, finish on where the hardest thing, or you have one of the like famous, you're like on the Stelvio and you're like, all right, we're finishing on the top of that. Like, cool. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to see. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like, I feel like you're putting too much pressure for riders to attack on a descent, and we've seen too many riders crash. Like, I just, you have to win on the uphill. Like, descending is important, but having to win on a descent is it's too risky in my books. But I'm not the one riding. Well, um, looking at these climbs real quick. So this one is the last one, the Category 1. I can't pronounce it, but I'm going to try my best. Col de Pierceur. And it is, what, 9-ish, 9.7 kilometers, and the average is 7.5. So it's a pretty good um, climb. It's not super, super steep, but it's enough. For anything over that 5 6% range, like, it's you tough. can set a good tempo. Yeah, because, I mean, given in the last, the very beginning, it's, it's, it's a little easier, and it just goes probably average 8, 8.5 towards, towards the end. Mm -hmm. So that's a good, a good launch pad, I think, for somebody... Who, who really wants to go for it on GC. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where we're going to see some satellite guys in the break, and they're going to catch them on the HC climb and then mm -hmm. be there to help their guys. But um, having said that, I still think it's going to be a GC finish. Who do, who do you think? 
Throwing down primos again. What's his last name? Uh, I don't know. Roger? Roger. Roger Dodger. Yeah, uh, I kind of went weird on this one. I'm thinking Roman Bardet. He's not going to do much in this race, but I think this is his chance. He's going to win a stage. And so I, I'm picking Roman Bardet for this one. He you know, used to be a good descender. We'll see if he still has it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, weather and all that could come into play, but... It could be the worst pick of the Tour de France. That's <laughs> yeah. a pretty bad one. All right, final stage, man. What's uh, Sunday's got on, on tap for us? Yeah, this is another kind of odd one. You got a, a middle... Uh, climb of a cat one into a cat three and you descend a bit and then you go into a cat three into another cat one and then you descend a bit again and then you have a, a small flat ish towards the end yeah another hard one i think it looks like a breakaway day though um the looks yeah so like... this is the last climb before or last stage before the rest day yeah i still think that I know a lot of times GC guys like to go for it before rest day. I just think given the kind of profile towards the end, it just doesn't suit them as much, and they'll probably have already put out quite a bit. I mean, Primos can only win so many stages. <laughs> it's uh, true. But yeah, it looks... I th I'm thinking breakaway today. Yeah, it's a hard climb. You know, 15, 18K from the finish, it, it peaks up at like 13%, and so... The last three or four K are all black, you know, which means it's over nine percent. So it's a it's a tough climb, but I just don't think the riders are just gonna want to get to that rest day in one piece and they don't want to descend. And so I think a breakaway is likely to win as well. Um we got some weird picks on this one, dude. Yeah, I I mean it's a little different given what's happened. I have Al Philippe, which I think still could be a good option here given you know, if he loses yellow by then and probably loses enough time, I think your pick is a little more likely. Oh, my pick is way out of left field, in my opinion. <laughs> but I picked him in the Giro on a, on a random stage, and I got a win on that one. So I'm running it back. Richard Carapaz. Yeah, could be. He's uh, not a bad descender. He's not bad. I still, with Al Philippe, you know, with that, that kind of descent, and I, I think they would... If he's lost enough time, the, the problem just for that is if he's lost enough time where they'll let him go. Yeah. And that could be the only thing I see from him being there at all because they won't let him go if if he hasn't. Yeah, no, that's very true. I, I don't think Alaphilippe's in the same form as he was last year, and there's a lot more climbing this time, and they're going to try to drop him on purpose, I think, instead of having him stick around. But it's only week one. I don't think they're that worried about Alaphilippe. But, yeah, I don't expect this to be a GC day, but it very well could. They just keep it so close and like nothing happens but at yeah. least someone gets to attack at the end but yeah for some reason i think carapaz is the ineos protected rider and maybe i just want that to be i don't know I if think Bernal, you want that to be i think i do i don't know if bernal's healed i mean he looked good today i yeah i think himself he hasn't shown any sign of weakness i don't the team i don't know can say the same but bernal himself i don't yeah. I see nothing wrong with them right now i think they just needed an extra lieutenant on the mountains and so they, they kept Carapaz on. He's going to be too tired to defend that zero, but... Oh, yeah, it's wow. a bummer. Well, next week we get to see how awful all of our picks are. <laughs> yeah. We'll get uh, one of the people that we put as a possibility might win. Nobody we picked, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. Well, that wraps up this one. You know, we kind of just blasted through it, trying not to go too crazy fast, but we do have a lot of stages to cover. 
Yeah, so far this this tour is looking very aggressive and very unsure and just two crazy stages. So it's hard to say, but I think this first week is going to be as brutal as people made it out to be. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I guess we're coming off the tail end of the last tour, which was one of the wildest tours in recent times. And they're, uh, they're getting their money's worth, I guess, of trying to make this a more interesting uh, grand tour. Because I think for a while, the Vuelta and the Giros had their number in, in that regard. Yeah, well, they definitely shook it up this year with some interesting stage decisions. And yeah, this, this stage four, I think, is going to be a pretty interesting stage. And then I don't think this first set of days in the Pyrenees... I don't know. Saturday could be interesting, but I think it's going to be one of those nothing burgers, and they're really going to try to save it for second <laughs> and third week. Yeah. Dude, burger sounds good. Dude, burgers does sound good. Um, well, next week, we're going to recap what we just did, see if we did well, and uh, we're going to continue on with stages 10 through 15. Yep. So with that, we'll see you next week. All right. See ya. Test. Looks like we have sound. Sounds. Sounds. Yeah. Sound. <laughs> you get like one of those bowls. Dude, I think there's one over there. <laughs> that should be the intro, man. We fucked up.